Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Oh, man. The Miami Dolphins heading into year number two. Oh, oh man! Oh for. man! Well, oh, what is that old man for? Yeah. I'll tell you what that old man for. Laird. Sorry, it is. It is Laird. You're the best dressed coach. You came in here looking like Johnny Miami. Great outfit. I just don't see any coaches like that. So I was gonna go. Oh man! Oh. This guy. Look at him. Miami coaches money. That's what I was coming in. Can't with. hide money. <laughs> That's right. Not trying to. <laughs> Spend a lot of life poor. <laughs> yeah. That was Mike McDaniel yesterday. The best response I've ever heard to Can't Hide Money. I've been hearing it from this guy for five and a half years, <laughs> and I never even considered that. Right. Great way to lean into it, accept it, not trying to, spend a whole lot of life poor. Yeah, that's Love right. It. Not trying to. But if you want to live up to that, then you got to start dressing like that, too. You know, you got to start showing I us. save you know. my money. <laughs> yeah, you, you say do. Can't Hide Money. <laughs> But not as it relates to my wardrobe. No, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're, you're, you're. Uh, the control room agrees. We hear that you're, you're right. You hey, can hide room. it. <laughs> Select a finger. Your choice. Yeah, that way, control room. I, yeah, that's the way. Get them. <laughs> but there's other things we know where you can't hide money. So we know Chateau de Florio, the cars you have. So you're not hiding Keep in those going. departments. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, um, the barn. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so uh, we're here. We are here. Scouting Combine. This is our last day here. We'll be back in our regular positions tomorrow morning unless we can convince Matt Casey to just run two hours of today's Man, they're show working instead. us here at NBC. They just so, drive us uh, into the ground. Live for three hours on Peacock on Sirius XM 85. Apologies in advance to the folks watching on Sky Sports NFL. Go ahead oh. and insert the disclaimer at the bottom. Strong language used in this program <laughs> with the fancy P-R-O-G-R-A-M-M-E. Because it's inevitable at some point over the next three hours. Well, it is. I mean, we're going to have some tape interviews that are on here, and I did throw out a few four-letter words today. You know, they, so, oh, they've been bleeped. They bleeped already. They've been bleeped. So there you yeah. go, Sky. They've been bleeped already for you. But that doesn't cover the live content, and there will be plenty of live content. And we, we had a, a live exchange 
with a local resident on our way back from brunch, <laughs> yeah. lunch, whatever yeah, it was. We right. thought we were getting breakfast. We got lunch. Either way, we were hungry, and we would have eaten anything at that point after taping interviews all morning. So guy approaches us on the street right. and accosts us. Yelling at us from about 20 yards away, first off, right? Right, right. and we didn't really know which way it was going to go. Right. Now, I had no qualms about any physical altercation because I'm with you <laughs> and I trust that you'd be able to take care of any situation. I and if him, I recall no doubt, correctly, no I think he was actually shorter and skinnier than me, so yeah. I would have liked my chances too. <laughs> right. But but he had a problem with us. Yeah. Because why do we always dog? And I thought it was going to be Tua. I thought it was going to be Kirk Cousins. A J word came out. I was like, oh, here James goes Jalen Hurts. Winston. Yeah. Jameis Winston. I forgot about Jalen Hurts. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you have any issue with Jalen Hurts. But Jameis Winston and and the guy was convinced that if Jameis Winston had been signed here instead of Phillip Rivers, right. the Colts would have been in Super Bowl contention. Yes. He didn't go all the way and say Colts would have won a Super Bowl. Right. He did stop short and say Super Bowl contention. But he was very upset that we don't have more faith in Jameis Winston. Yeah, we've liked Jameis Winston. I feel like we've stuck up for him. We I didn't bench him last year for Andy Dalton. I, I, well, yeah, that's right. I certainly did not think that here we are, 2023, that was going to be the thing I get yelled at or we get yelled at for <laughs> on the side of the road. But it was funny and it was it was in good fun. And, uh, yeah, he made us chuckle as we walked back here in the building. All right, uh, Pete tells me we only have about 20 minutes for this segment, which I guess is a nice way of saying shut up and move on. Let's go. We got some stuff to hit on here. One of the issues that was kind of creating a buzz here today, because we were going to actually have him on the program. Sure. Jalen Carter, the Georgia defensive tackle, one of the top prospects in this year's draft, has had a couple of misdemeanor charges issued against him relating to a fatal crash that happened just in the aftermath of the national championship yeah, game. Was last, it that night? It was no, it was maybe the, that two, three nights later, right? I think they had their little victory parade or whatever, and it was on that same day, about two or three days later, if the I remember. Re- the report is he was present at a crash that killed a teammate and a staffer, misled police about it. Carter first told police he was nearly a mile away when the fatal crash happened. Then he said he was behind the other vehicle, could see its taillights, and that he was alongside the car when it crashed. There is speculation that it was a a racing type of a situation. Again, there are two misdemeanor charges that have been issued. Kirby Smart, the head coach at Georgia, issued a statement saying the charges, charges, excuse me, announced today are deeply concerning, especially as we are still struggling to cope with the devastating loss of two members of our community. We will continue to cooperate fully with the authorities while supporting these families and assessing what we can learn from this horrible tragedy that was issued earlier today by Kirby Smart. And the official word from the folks here at the NFL in charge of the combine was that Jalen Carter didn't make it in for podium or interviews because he was still along with five other players in the medical facility. So I, I, I wouldn't have spoken if I were him, if he were my son, my brother, my cousin, my client, anybody I cared about or had any duty to, I would have said, don't talk. Yeah. I don't know that anybody knew about it. If this hadn't landed today and he had shown up, I didn't know about it. I didn't know there was any issue there. I don't know if any of the reporters who would have been questioning him at the podium did. But it's it's whatever the explanation, whatever the reason, the best thing for him to do is say nothing about it publicly until this all gets resolved. Yeah. And if there's any responsibility there, if he was involved, if he did do something, it is just two misdemeanor charges. The sooner he accepts responsibility, the better, if there's responsibility to be accepted. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's big news. Of course, here, just in the football world, right, this is a guy that I think everybody's looking at and goes a top 10 pick, maybe top 5. I mean, he's special. This probably would have been a top 15 or 20 pick if he left school or, or could have left school last year. 
right? This is a horrible you know, tragedy. There's no question about that. Man, I feel bad for, yeah, that Georgia community. Man, what, the, the young man, the offensive lineman who was killed in the crash, he's a guy that went to a high school in New Jersey up where I grew up. So that hit home hard. It's a tough situation. You know, we'll see where this goes. Hopefully it can get situated. The one thing I want to say, just because I just I got some questions asked about it, right, when we were kind of off air by some other cities and they're, they're you know, following teams or whatever else. And, you know, let's just, again, I'm not trying to condone the actions here. I'm definitely not. But 21 years old, young person. I know, people do dumb things. Dumb, dumb. People do dumb things. I know. And but for the grace of God. Look, they get away with it. But right, right. right. You, you do that thing, and there you isn't go, a fatal crash. Rigs. You do that thing, and something bad doesn't happen, and you got lucky. That's but what I'm some, saying. sometimes the planets line up in I a way know. that something happens, right. and there is real accountability. No it doesn't doubt. matter if you right. were just 21 and dumb. No. There's I, still accountability. I understand it. You're right. All I'm saying is, yeah, I think there's a lot of us out there that are 21 that raced friends down roads or did stupid crap like that, and, yeah, you get older and you go, what the hell was I thinking yeah. doing that? How stupid was that? Well, he did not dodge that bullet. Hey, and then the young kid, you know, I know there's reports out there allegedly he, you know, lied or misled the police and all that, right? And, and sure, but, you know, again, I think that it, it's a guy that's looking and going, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be, am I, this is going to ruin my future, my life. So, you know, am I shocked to hear that maybe he didn't tell the whole truth and everything there, which is a mistake? Again, I'm not condoning it, but, you know, 21 years old and a lot of things going on in your life, you, you do make mistakes. And I, I think everybody's got to remember what they were when they were 20 and 21. One of the reasons your car insurance stays at a certain level until you turn 25, your brain isn't fully developed until you're 25. You don't fully understand the connection between actions and consequences. And that's just the way we are as a biological organism. Yeah. And I saw my son go through that transition. Now he's 26. He thinks differently than he did when he was 20 or 21. 18 years old, you're not thinking that way. You're not connecting conduct and consequence. You don't yeah. have that same, I should be careful. I should think about this. Maybe this isn't the best thing for me to do. Yeah. And we're always evolving. We're always growing. And it's unfortunate when there is one of yeah. these things that a guy does that is risky and it's reflective. We're not Again, we're not making excuses no, for it. No, it's... But but it, the, the the reality is, yeah, there was a serious outcome, right? And yeah, it was and, a tragedy. And it's tragic, time to, and, and it's time to take responsibility. And he's gonna if have to there's be responsibility to be taken, that's right. If you know what, whatever the facts are, right? If he is responsible, if he misled police, if it was a racing situation. It, the, the smart thing to do, the best thing to do, is take responsibility That's and, right. not, and not fight. It, it. He you don't want that cloud to hang over you any longer exactly. than it needs to. If it's ultimately, if there's ultimately going to be a price to pay and accountability to be experienced, the sooner you do it, the better. Yeah, I mean, professionally, personally, both areas, you don't want that cloud over you. And then, you know, yeah, there's let's you know the, the compassion part is that yeah you, you did you did lose you know two individuals, which is so that's where you'd like to. Hey, see him be accountable for the victims' families, too. I'm sure they'd like to have some answers and things like that. So we'll see where this goes. It's certainly going to be a story to follow. Uh, you know, and, of course, all the questions are going to be, yeah, can he be trusted? Is he going to get drafted in the same place now? The one thing I want to ask you, Mike, that just, again, I don't know, but, you know, you and I, we question things. That's what we're here to do. Is it a deliberate time drop? Is it Was it a deliberate, like, smear campaign? It's just kind of funny that here we um, are – sometime after this whole accident and it's 
right before he's going to talk at the NFL Combine where it breaks? That's where it just seemed a little off or weird. But, but actually, if they really wanted to yeah. set him up and cause a problem for him, they would have told a reporter about it and maybe had the reporter show up and ask some questions about it oh. and maybe get him to say something that right. would conflict with something else okay. he said. So yeah, I hear you there. If they were really trying to cause a problem for him, they actually did him a favor by having it drop before he was in a position where he was going to talk. Okay. And then you shut it down. Yeah. And the teams now can fully investigate it. He can deal with whatever the aftermath He's is. He's still and here. Do the right thing. Right. Still here. There were some, with some teams last left. night. Right. And I'm sure he'll, I'm be, sure he'll meet with a lot of well, teams. Well, and now today. the question is yeah, what can what he, he going to say? Can he talk? Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, let's pivot to the, the, the totally name, opposite part of the world. The name that continues to dominate the NFL news headlines Aaron Rodgers did his first interview since emerging from a locked closet wherever that happened however long he was there two days three days four days here he is on something called the Aubrey Marcus podcast I'm not aware of Aubrey Marcus lifestyle guy the only thing that that stands out to me he qualifies to be a backup quarterback in the NFL because so many of those guys you can flip their last name and their first name I mean he could be Marcus (laughs) Aubrey he could be Aubrey Marcus so he could be backup quarterback for the Cowboys once Rush Cooper moves on here's Aaron (laughs) Rodgers talking to not Marcus Aubrey, but Aubrey Marcus. I'm not looking for somebody to tell me what the answer is. Uh, all the answers are right inside me, and I, I touched uh, many of them, and definitely the feelings uh, on both sides during the darkness, and I'm thankful for that time. But, um, you know, it's a very, uh, there's a finality to the decision. Mm-hmm. and I don't make it lightly. I don't want to drag anybody around. Look, I'm answering questions about it because I get asked about it. Um, I'm talking about it because it's important to me. If you don't like it and you think it's drama, you think I'm being a diva or whatever, then just tune it out. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But this is my life. It's important to me, and I'll make a decision soon enough, and then we'll go down that road and be really excited about it. I have a very important observation to make before we get into the meat of this. Go ahead. I have a pet peeve. Right. They're dressed the same. They're wearing the same clothes. I'm not a gas log guy. Oh, you're not a gas log. No. You need a real fire? You can't can't have this great-looking brick and stone, and you make this the centerpiece of your conversation, and it's not a real fire. (laughs) Don't don't play that game. Put Uh. real logs in there. Put real logs in there. Oh, and they're barefoot, too. And uh, there's nothing like being barefoot and having dirty feet. Yeah, that's not good either. <laughs> maybe the gas log was the distraction for the dirty feet. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. But anyway, uh, I'm not a gas log guy, especially when you have a setup that nice. And you're going to make it like, hey, everybody, check out our fire. Uh-uh, it's not a real fire. I got a problem. <laughs> Apparently do. You, Mr. Fake Rock from Florida? Cheap, yeah, the fake Florida rock? rock. Yeah, come on down. Come on down. Come on down and check out the <laughs> See, fake rock. Yeah, yes. Okay. Uh, okay, I hear you. Hey, I, and listen. You know, the one thing I appreciate about Aaron Rodgers is he is well thought out. You know, maybe too well thought out at times. We know that. We've always talked about his smartness and all that. I do. Hey, we I do a lot of thinking, but you don't see me opening up and having public deliberations I, now. Nobody cares no, about mine. Right. And we only care about his because he feels compelled to share him with us. Well, I mean, that's a problem. We, we talk about this all the time. Yeah, yeah. They want to have it both ways. Yeah. They want the attention, but they don't want the criticism that goes along with it. Right. Hey, everybody, look at me. What the hell are you looking at? Yeah. And that's that's just the latest chapter in this path for Rodgers. Well, I, I I don't disagree with you totally there. You know, but I do think the other side of the just with Rodgers. And listen, I'm, you know me. I love Aaron Rodgers. He's arguably one of my favorite players in the history of football. You know, does this stuff wear me out to a degree? Sure. You've heard me say that. It does. 
I still have a lot of respect for some of the things he says and does. I do think, you know, there's a relationship here with what he's doing with Aubrey Marcus and all that, who is a, you know, uh, a guy that is is into mental health and you living the right way and, you know, living the life the right way to be healthy that way. My wife, I know, follows him on Instagram, right? So I kind of knew who he was through that. Uh, and I appreciate that Aaron Rodgers shares his problems and his thought process because there's a lot of, you know, we know male ego men no, who they don't I, ever I, do that. I, I so all that's that. good. I fully and, support that. And also, you know, listen, I, I know I, I don't want him to drag this out either. I don't because it's not fair to the Packers. It's not fair to other quarterbacks. So it's not fair to himself in some ways, too. Uh, but at the same time. You know, it's hard for me to put myself in his shoes. I do know one thing. He is a tough decision, obviously. Um, and I honestly didn't think it was going to take this long. But, man, he's really on the fence, which I don't know if necessarily is uh, a good thing either. You well, know? I don't think he agrees with what the rest of us would reasonably say the time frame is for letting the Packers know, number one, yeah. is he going to play at all? Number two, is he going to play for them? Because if there is going to be a change in venue for Aaron Rodgers' career, now is the time. And, you know, as this goes by, Chris, I keep coming back to that angle that we've been discussing. Maybe he thinks, I can come back whenever I want, that teams will be ready to absorb my contract and detach from whoever their QB1 is once they know I'm available. And if there's any tension disagreement, resistance by the Packers to let him go where he wants to go. The best thing he can do is just wait or retire right. and then unretire. And he specifically mentioned Brett Favre, retiring and then unretiring. And it just was kind of a random Unconscious mention. thought. Yeah, right? like yeah. is he thinking, I keep coming back to that, is he thinking that I, I am better suited to getting my way without having to be the bad guy if I would simply retire now and unretire later? And I can't help but wonder whether or not that's the path that gets him what he wants without having to create some sort of a public fight with the Packers. Yeah, I, I mean, hey, listen, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I hear you on that angle. I certainly think that as well. I think that's where I get back and do one, hey, I mean, you know, you're going to become, you know, enemy number one of the public. People are going to continue to call you a diva and all that and stuff, and they're not going to tune you out. So he's going to have to deal with that, which is, you know, I don't think he wants that either. And then, two, I think, you know, the big point to me and, and what you're saying, and if he did do that route, would just be that, you know, you, you can end up, you wait too long, you retire, then decide to come back in June or whatever. You, 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 you might have not the same options. Or that team that you maybe had your eye on that was on your radar, you know, they couldn't maybe make moves and make moves the right way in the offseason to improve their team. So now, oh, hey, I'm the quarterback of this team and we're ready to go. Because there's no team out here that needs him right now that's just ready, except for maybe the Jets. Conspiracy theory. Yeah, right. What if he makes it known privately through his agency mm. to the team, stick with what you have. Right. Stick with Sam Howell as QB1, right, because there may be a development later in the year. Now, I don't know that he'd want to commit to that. But I just think that there, when you look at the confidence – that has to border on arrogance and delusion for a successful NFL player. And clearly Rodgers qualifies for having that mindset. Yeah, I could see him reacting to our take that you need to let everyone know what you're going to do now by saying, I don't need to let anyone know anything. Yeah. I'm Aaron Rodgers. Sure. If I decide to come back in June, I'm Aaron Rodgers. July, I'm Aaron Rodgers. August, September, whenever, they'll wait for me. So... 
that's the way to let the Packers know they can pivot to Jordan Love and then wait, come back. Now, for those of us in the know, we realize what Rodgers would be doing if it comes to that, but I can't help but, you know, when I saw that mention of Favre that didn't seem to be logically connected to the point he was making. Yeah. You know, um, and, and if only to say, and he didn't articulate it this way, but his point would be Favre rushed to make his decision and then regretted it. He's going to take the time so he doesn't regret it, which cuts against everything I've just said. But but I just, you know, if he goes ahead and retires well, in the just, next few weeks, yeah. he can say, well, I felt pressure, I felt pressure. Right. And then the opportunity comes up in July or August to join a team. And you know what he does if he does that, folks? He avoids the offseason program well, without being pressured. Oh, you know, you're not all in. Well, I was retired then. Well, that, that's where that I was. That's where I was going to go next. I, like that to me would be the other reason why you don't want to do this, right? Uh, you know, again, one. Hey, like you said, hey, I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm Aaron Rodgers. Well, you, you know, again, for the guy that I think is you know unbelievable and, and a top three, four quarterback of all time, right? He's not that anymore. He's not Aaron Rodgers. Like, hey, five, six, eight years ago, you know, yeah, teams would have waited. If he put out the word like you're talking about, they'd go, damn, we'll just sit here and wait. Fine. He's so damn good, it doesn't matter. He'll carry us to wherever we need to go. But, you know, we can't say that anymore. I don't think he's that player. He's still really damn good, you know, but he's entered that era of needs a little support system more than he used to, right? He's not going to be able to do Mahomes, Josh Allen, get on my back, don't worry, I'll just get it done, guys, don't worry. Like, that's not, it's not in his, his toolbox anymore. So between that and then I also think of like something you've brought up a million times that, damn, I mean, are really? Like, do we really want to do the retire and then come back in June and July and then, you know, you, you might not have camaraderie and timing and rhythm with your, you know, your receivers and now it's learning the new offense. And to me, that would just work against him ultimately. And that's where even as a fan of him, I'm, you know, like I was saying to start, I think it suits him here to make a decision somewhat fairly quick as well. So he can align the stars the way he wants most, you know, for, for a new team or even the Packers. He said that while he was in the darkness retreat, he envisioned what it would be like if he retired. He envisioned what it would be like if he didn't retire. I think one thing he needs to envision is being traded to the Jets showing up for his introductory press conference with the Jets and being asked, will you be at the offseason program? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I don't plan to. Well, why not? Why won't you be there? Aren't you committed to the team? I mean, that's the tension point. When you go to a completely new team and you know no one there and you're getting $60 million for this year, it becomes much more delicate and difficult to just shut everything down and I'll be there for the mandatory minicamp if that, and I'll be there for training camp, and that's all we need, especially because... The folks in New York who write the columns and who fill the airwaves with chatter can very easily make the connection from Patrick Mahomes last year, what he did above and beyond the call and what it meant for the Chiefs without Tyreek Hill, and what Aaron Rodgers didn't do above and beyond the call without Devontae Adams and how it kept the Packers from ultimately getting to the playoffs. Because if everyone gets comfortable a few weeks earlier, maybe just one week earlier, the Packers are in the tournament. Right. Yeah, I, I I don't disagree. And with he's going to get pressed on that. A hundred percent, you know, a hundred percent. And on a place like New York, if he if he tries to pull that move off, he just he's asking to be vilified and, and hated by the fans. 
you know, the, that perception that you're talking about and all that, I mean, like you said, it's real. It's out there. Every, it's on everybody's radar now. So if he did that again with, wait, a, a young team with young receivers still, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, hey, you got to get that going. They got a young tight end they drafted in the, you know, from Ohio State, Ruckert last year in the draft. So, you know, if you want to do those things, that's, again, where I get into it. Yeah, you're just you're, – you're causing problems for yourself. And I, 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 I'd like to think he's – I think he's – I know he's smarter than that. I know. You know, you know that too. Uh, but, yeah, will, you know, ego, narcissism, whatever else creep into this conversation, which I, I don't think it will. I think this is why one of the reasons he deals with this Aubrey Marcus and, and tries to not let those things infiltrate his brain. It's a hard thing to do that when you are Aaron Rodgers. But, um, yeah, I'm going to be interested to go. I'm going to bet, though, we get something here in the next week. That if, if I had to bet money, I'm going to say that he does it. He said soon enough. Yeah. And free agency starts on March 15, but – the scouting combine includes, among other things, these meetings and discussions. And Derek Carr is here meeting with multiple teams. Aaron Rodgers is holding everything up. And either he's not going to make a decision or he is. And if he is, he needs to make it sooner than later so these other teams can move on. And when he says, if you don't like it and you think it's drama and you think I'm being a diva or whatever, just tune it out. Another example of the fact that they listen. They have rabbit ears. Sure. He wouldn't say that if he hadn't seen the blowback from so many people who are just fed up. They've had enough. Enough of the drama. Enough of the diva. We don't need to know the inner details of how you make your thought process, how you make your decision, darkness retreat, ayahuasca, whatever. And, and again, we only react to it because he talks about it. If he wasn't talking about it, there'd be, there'd be no... If he just would disappear, if he would have fallen off the map right. when they lost to the... Lions week 18 and didn't do McAfee's show every week, didn't do the Marcus Aubrey, Aubrey Marcus podcast, didn't speak so openly about, we wouldn't know anything about it. No. And then he just either retires or he doesn't retire and there'd be nothing to talk about because that's the thing that people who don't like the scrutiny don't realize. They're the ones who give the conversation oxygen. Sure. By talking about it. I know. It. Otherwise, we, what, would, what would we say? I know. We, maybe we check a box and say, well, still haven't heard anything from Aaron Rodgers, but what more could we say well, than that? Well, that's why sometimes I'm like, I, I, I dial it back to not be critical because I do like that he's like this. I mean, I'd rather him be like this than like Johnny Robot, who never tells us anything and gives us boring answers and there's no approach. I understand this maybe approaches on overkill a little bit. And then, you know, I think the other thing too is in. Like the NFL community, we know that. Like the NFL community, there's no no coaches, no GMs, nobody in the front office that even is, is following Aubrey Marcus. They they think that you know you know how football people are. They think that's like hocus pocus bullcrap, right? They don't even they're just too old school and straight line to think that. And I, you know, I think with all this stuff too, I think one thing I. I I know I talk to people around the NFL. It's like oh Rogers, man, he's. Seems like he's, you know, going crazy or he's off the deep end with some of this stuff. And I don't want to – I don't think that's that at all. I think there's a fine line here where he's trying to let his thoughts out and help people. But, yes, when it's all the time and then you're always talking about yourself and your own situation, it it can get taken and misconstrued the wrong way to a degree. There's a point where the classic old-school football coach or GM will look at all this stuff, ayahuasca, darkness retreat, Aubrey Marcus, all this contemplation, everything's out in the open, and they'll say he's not good enough anymore to to justify. A couple of years ago, yes. Now where he is, 
we're not going to deal with that. We don't want all that other stuff that goes along with it. And I don't look at Aaron Rodgers as a guy who's going to have the Tom Brady effect. I don't think he instantly sells all the tickets. I don't think he instantly sells all the jerseys. Maybe for some teams he will, but I don't know it's it's the same automatic. He well, brings no, a polarizing not dynamic. That way, it's right. one of the reasons why Tom Brady is obsessed with never saying anything that will piss anyone off. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers abandoned that a couple of years ago, and he took that heel turn on a variety of topics. He's not going to have that same unifying force that a Brady would have if Brady no. decided to go to this team, this team, this team. And so I think that's part of it, too. I just think at the end of the day, there may not be, as we've been saying. Yeah, like, as many suitors. Really I know. It's, it's, I'm with you. $60 million. Right. What's it going to take to get him? How long is he going to play? How long is he going to last? Right. How good is he right now? Are we going to be in this conversation next year where we're held hostage by him? Is he going to come back and play one more year? To create more trouble than he's worth. That's yeah. the thing. They'll deal with a lot of distractions from great players. Yeah. We were talking about Lawrence Taylor right. last night. Right. Giants dealt with a lot because he was one of the best defensive players in the history Ever. of the game. Right. And uh, if you're not that good, you're not going to deal with all that other stuff. All right. We're going to deal with some of the interviews that we did today. Here's what we have coming on today's show. Big day. Eagles GM Harry Roseman. Oh, wait till you see that, guys. He is all over Bengal, Florio. It's, it's going to be good. He's not predicting. He's It's on tape. Bengals coach Zach Taylor. Falcons GM Terry Fontenot. Live on set will be Panthers head coach Frank Reich. Vikings coach Kevin O'Connell. Oh. And a bunch of pass rushers. Tyree Wilson, Miles Murphy, Lucas Van Ness, Will Anderson Jr., Andre Carter II, and Brian Brzee. That's and, coming up today. And we did see Dan Campbell in the hallway, and I told him, let's go, Lions. Kick the crap out of Florio's Vikings. I'm rooting for you hard. He loved it. We had a great it. conversation with Dan Campbell <laughs> until Chris says, yeah, go beat the Vikings. Yeah. Kick their Campbell's ass. Campbell's a great guy. <laughs> he is Campbell great was guy. a great guy. I've yeah. heard great things about him. Of course. Very well-respected, great leader, getting the job done for the Lions. All right, we'll be getting the job done over the course of the next two and a half hours. We'll be back with some of the draft prospects when PFT Live from the Scouting Combine continues right after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Goal for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Here we are at the Scouting Combine talking to the pass rushers. And right now, Alabama edge rusher Will Anderson, Jr. Welcome. Great to see you. 
Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Right? I could, you know, it's funny. We see the guys standing there before they come up, right. and you're the first one that seemed really anxious to come up here and talk to us. He, the rest yeah. of them are just kind of like standing there. You were ready to go. He was I like ready. That. He made eye contact, right? <laughs> he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show these guys who I am right here. Yeah, for me, because I, I have a degree in communication, so, like, for me, this is kind of like my area of, you know, expertise yeah. a little bit. Right. So. I love it. All right, so you're feeling like, hey, I'm Johnny Professional behind the mic here, okay? <laughs> you're not taking my job yet, okay? No, maybe no, no, we'll no, see no, in no. a few years. Maybe you probably will. Uh, walking in, he smells good. We, we said that. Smells like money. and uh, Okay, and then the Gucci sandals walking in. I mean, Nick Saban, like, you walk, wear Gucci sandals around the facility? <laughs> Look, let me tell you something. This is just some chill, relax, you know, I comfortable know it footwear. Is. I got you. I decided to slip on this morning. <laughs> We're just going to have some fun with you. <laughs> the uh, the reality, though, with Saban, we know how, how stern he can be. And all that said, he gushes about you. What, what did you do to get on his good side? Because you're one of the few that seems to end up there. Yeah, so for me, it was just going in, keeping my head down and working. And I wanted to earn the respect from not just him, but everybody in the building and, my, and the players, so everybody. And I think I did that, and I think he respected me a lot. I came in, you know, I was committed to the standard, to the culture that he had built, and I wanted to uphold that standard and that culture so much because once I'm committed to something, I'm all in. Like, if it'd be selfish of me, you know, I know what's right from wrong to, you know, not correct somebody else on doing it. And I think that's what he respected me about. I wasn't scared to step on people's toes, and I wasn't scared to get in people's butt if I needed to. Right. I mean, right. what a quote. I don't ever think there's a perfect player, but that guy is the ultimate competitor. I mean, if Nick Saban wow. says that about you, you're doing something right, my friend. Man. All right, so give us a good Nick Saban you know, story. What's the best time he just cussed you out? And then do you got, like, a funny other side we don't see from Nick Saban every now and then? So for me, I wouldn't say I always did everything perfect, right. but, like, it was I never really just got, like, cussed out. Yeah. Not from him. Not from but him. But from my position coach, <laughs> Styles Cesare, differently. But Coach Saban, he always just like, 31, come on, man. And like, when I started graduating from 31 to Will, oh, then I knew. That's when you knew you got his respect? So, yeah, so I, I remember. <laughs> so it was my freshman year. And the whole fall camp, he was calling me 31, 31, 31. Right. And I walked out one day, and we was getting ready to go through walkthrough. And he was like, what's up, Will? And my little freshman me was like, you just called me Will? Yeah. Like, he knows my name? Right. Oh, crap. So that was just like a funny story of, like, you know, how that transpires. But it was cool. It was fun. Yeah, cool. I see that you have five sisters, and they're all older than you. Yeah. You're the baby. What was that like growing up? Well, I think we should take sisters out and say five moms. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear that. I got an older daughter who's like a second mom to my son. I understand that. They were all bossy. I mean, it came with its pros and cons. You know, for me, just being in the house with all of them, you know, some people think of it a little differently, but my sisters all played sports. So they weren't your typical, like, girly girl sisters. Sure. They were more a little stern, a little firm. Yeah, like right. After a bad game or something, you need to get your act together. Oh, they, so they give on. it to you. So, so they, you were conditioned for saving already. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, they they made it known, like, hey, like, get yourself together. So, right. but it was fun growing up. You know what I'm saying? Like, we were really tight family, staying up late, joking, having fun with my parents, and you know that's what it's all about. Yeah. So yeah. it was fun. All right, you grew up in Georgia. How the hell did how the hell did you end up at Alabama? Good question. Um, you know, Georgia, you know, I just don't think they knew, they didn't want they didn't know how they wanted to use me in the defense. Right. But Alabama was just like, you know, 
we're just gonna throw you out there. And whatever you we see you good at, we're just gonna place you everywhere. And it, that's kind of how it worked out. Like they seen I could do a little bit of everything and they molded me and they shaped me and they got me ready to play all those different positions. What well, like Georgia, you think like they weren't sure about how big you were? Like were you were not thick enough at that point? Yeah, so they I were was a little skinny, so yeah. I was probably like 225 coming out of high school, sure. so I was a little smaller than most of the recruits that were coming out. Right, right. Was there any thought given whatsoever, Will, to sitting out the bowl game and just keeping yourself healthy and ready for the draft? Oh, no. I mean, if that was the case, I would have sat out the whole season because it's just like with football, that all of those things are going to come. But if you play fast, you do things the right way, you pray the right way, then you don't have to worry about those things. And for me, from a leader standpoint, I have been preaching like the standard, the culture, how to do things the right way, and it'd be selfish of me and hypocritical of me not to withstand on that and stand ten toes on everything I've been saying. Yeah, Saban, you said like they experimented with you. So tell mm-hmm. us kind of the process there. Were you doing like some stand-up linebacker and mm-hmm. stuff like that? Yeah, okay. most definitely. So it had me a little bit standing up, playing a little bit of four-eye, right. inside, dropping in coverage. Yeah. And Coach Saban was like, he can do all of it. Okay. And that's what I love so much. Like, Coach Saban trusted me. He had confidence in me. And that gave me confidence, like, to go out there and do my job. All right. So then off of that, when did it become like, oh, shit, I'm an awesome pass rusher. Like, when did it become like, okay, I'm kind of the man in this department? Um, Kind of going into from my the end of my freshman year, going into my sophomore year. Like, the Florida game, my freshman year, and then after that, it just clicked for me. Mm. Like, the game slowed down a little bit. I could, I could catch up. I could read, like, keys and everything like that, and it started coming natural, and that's yeah. when it just took off. Yeah. I know you've, you've got the communications degree, and you're intrigued by the media, but the way you explained your decision to play – in the bowl game, I'm sitting there thinking this guy could be a coach yeah. one of these days. Yeah, yeah, this is this is. You're uh, gonna have some options. Yeah, you got you got your act together for sure. Appreciate and it. you got a great personality. You do, and Thank I can you. see why teams love you. Let alone I watch you enough on the field to go, damn, they should love you. <laughs> Appreciate I know, it. I know that. All right, so we always love to ask, you know, especially a guy like you playing in the SEC, which is the king of college football, playing at Alabama, where you're kind of the king as well. Best player you played against, best player that you saw at your time in Alabama that was on your team. Yeah, putting the pressure on you here, Mr. Communication. Let's see you get out of this jam right here. The second one's going to be hard. (laughs) The first one, ooh, it's so many great athletes in the SEC. Yeah, you know, and just who's that guy that you're like, damn, I didn't realize he was that. Like, who's the guy that pops in your brain right away? Yeah, I mean, the SEC, it's crazy. I would say from quarterback-wise, I would say Matt Corral. And that's from my – Freshman year to my sophomore year, we could not get him on the ground. He's quick as hell, right? Quick, can move out the pocket quick really release. well. Yes, everything. Like, and it, the offense they ran, yeah. it was perfect for him. Like, right. wasn't there, I'm going. Like, I'm out. But from that standpoint, he was. And then best player on my yeah, team. Yeah, this is a tough one right here because you got you're, you're going to make some enemies. You're going to have guys that like you after this question. I, I, you, I just want to say yeah. all of those guys are great, but <laughs> I will, the person I was going to say is yeah. because I tried to emulate what he did. He yeah. taught me a lot, and he probably don't even know, but I would say Devontae Smith. Mm. I say that because i seen the way he came to work every day. Right. And I'm not saying all the other guys didn't work, but waking up as a freshman early in the morning, going to get, like, work out and stuff like that, yeah. he was already there in the, in the training room getting treatment. Right. And that's I put that into my game. Made an impression on yeah. you. And yeah, and I was like, oh, everything he's doing, and look where it turned out for him. Yeah. So everything he was doing, I did that for, like, the rest of my career. Uh, that's cool, man. Who's cool. the quarterback you can't wait to put on the ground? Ooh. That's a good question. That's a good question. Whoever, whoever we play against, I'm going to be go. looking forward to doing All it. All of them. 
all, yeah, all of them. You got a guy that you kind of model your game after? Like, who's your favorite pass rusher in football? Yeah, yeah right now, Nick Bosa. Bosa. Because I kind of like the bull swipe, the forklift, all that, using your hands, getting bunkers off you, or such and that. So that's kind of what I like try to put in my game. See, that's where you know he's from Alabama and he's a little more advanced. He's got already the names of the moves down. Where You know, we talk to other defensive ends and they're like, I'm still learning pass rush moves and stuff. And you got... The forklift, what was the other one? Bull swipe. The bull swipe. The bull swipe. Okay, so Bosa's your guy. That's a good one to have, you know, be your guy. He's the man right now. Who's the guy at the college level, opponent-wise, that gave you the hardest time? I would say this year, the tackle from um, Tennessee, Darnell Wright, he was really good, especially from my sophomore year to my junior year. I feel like he had took his game to another level. And, you know, I think that's what you have to do in the SEC. You know, you're going against a lot of great talent each year, a lot of great players, no matter if you're on the offensive side or defensive side. You know, you got to be ready because all those guys are going to be good. But he really did a really fantastic job this year. You working out this weekend? Oh, uh, yes, sir. You, I can am. Do it? you can do it all? Uh, most of it, yes, sir. All right. What do we, you got any expectations you want to throw out there to us? Like 40 numbers, whatever? You don't... Oh, no, 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 no. My agent would kill me right kill now. You? <laughs> <laughs> but I will let you guys see when the times come. But, you know, just been preparing myself and working hard and you know having all the guys by my side has been great you seem like you I, you know I know you you said Nick Bosa but I feel like you know again I haven't studied you on tape but mm-hmm. watching college, you could be like also like a Micah Parsons type yeah. of guy that could be like a stand-up linebacker go chase the ball sideline to sideline and then hey third down rush the passer yeah. you're open to anything I'm open to anything you I, that's what football is about embracing the change embracing the challenge and you know accepting it and going to work with it yeah Back-to-back Nagurski Trophy winner. Where do you keep those? I have one back at um, home in Alabama, and then I think the other one is back at home with my parents. All right, what's the biggest thing you're going to do, you know, or need to work on here? Just getting ready for the NFL where you go, I got to take this little aspect of my game to the next level. Yeah, most definitely working in space, playing in space, making sure that I'm still understanding pass drops, coverages, and stuff like that. Breaking down, tackling people in space that way. Yeah, so that's one of the biggest things I want to improve in my game. All right, cool. One of the things we've been asking, guys, give me the tape that you want people to look at as the most reflective of who you are. Like the game? Yeah. Yeah. I would say this year, 6 A&M. That game, we really got at them from a pass rush stance, from a technique stance, just showing the ability to get to the quarterback and affect the quarterback. Were you, I was, you know, a proponent of like, wait, we're going to put TCU in over Alabama, okay? I was like, at first off, I'm in, I played in the Big 12, I played at Texas. It wasn't like that in early 2000s, but now it's the, the seven on seven conference. I mean, <laughs> that had to hurt you. Right? Were, were you were you surprised? Did you think you still had a chance maybe when you saw TCU lose the, the Big 12 championship? Honest to God, me and Bryce were texting back and forth like, it's our time, bro. Right. We're going to get the team together, we're going to have a meeting on Sunday, get these guys going like we're gonna it's get our in. time. Yeah. And then they came out with it, and he was like, bro. But me and Bryce still just wanted to keep that leadership going and like, Come on, we still got something to prove. Like yeah. we still can show like why we deserve to be in that position yeah. and go out there and beat Kansas State. Yeah, yeah a lot you, of times when you, you get did. a disappointment like that, the team comes out flat. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of packed. They're, like, they're upset. Pack it in. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. This yeah. isn't we where want we want to be. Want to be. Right. right, right. Yeah, you guys whooped uh, Kansas State there. <laughs> yeah, no well, doubt you, about you, it. You strike me as a guy who's ready to go in and just lead in the locker room yeah. from day one. What are, are you gonna like hang back and get comfortable first or are you just going to go in and try to take over well no i don't think that's the right way to approach it i think first you have to earn the respect of all the veterans in there all the older guys all the guys that have already put in the time that have been there 
And when you earn the respect of those guys, then you can start, you know, connecting with people, seeing why they play football, you know, seeing their reason why they're doing everything. And then you go from a leader standpoint of trying to uphold the standard, trying to uphold the culture there and making sure that everything's right. But for me first, I have to make sure I'm doing everything right. I'm um, living up to, you know, everything that I said I want to do for myself and earning the respect for my teammates and my coaches. The Woo! first guy in, last guy out. Guy's a pro. Grind and grind. He's yeah. a pro. He's yeah. got a, you you got, do well. You got the approach. All right, so one last thing, last thing for me. I know you got better things to do here. But Bryce Young, just yeah. give us a give us a feel for him and what you saw over the years and what impressed you about him. Yeah, so for most athletes that go to Alabama, you know, he he didn't start his freshman year. Right. And he could have did a lot of things. But I watched Bryce every day as I was in my own lane. And me and Bryce were very close. We had classes together, everything. He stayed true to himself. He worked hard every day. He went, he was so eager to learn. And then once he got that opportunity his sophomore year, nothing changed. He's a great guy, great competitor. Great teammate, great brother. I love the man to death, and I love playing with him. I'm super excited for him. Who will be the number one pick? Willie Anderson, the pass rusher, or Bryce Young, the quarterback? Well, this guy definitely has the Nick Saban seal of approval, which means something. Will Anderson, Jr., thanks for some of your time. We wish you all the best. Can't wait to see your NFL career blossom. Don't don't steal our jobs when you get done with the career. I won't, I won't, I won't. I'm trying to steer the coaching. Get your own job, all right? Thank you. Stay out of my lane. (laughs) See you, man. All right, we got some big dudes here today. The big effort day. Continues. Big effort it's day great. right Let here. Me tell you, this is Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech's edge rusher. It's great to have Do guys bigger right than him. I got to deal thing? with this guy Woo. all the time. It's nice to have some. No, see, he, somebody with a big ego. Yeah, I need I need somebody to Texas take care Longhorns. of him for me because I can't. <laughs> I got you. Are you Good. saying I got a big ego just because yeah. I went to the Texas yeah. Longhorns? That's what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. All right. I like it. He's talking crap. He, he's got. He already looks like a natural in the NFL. What time did the alarm sure. go off for you this morning? About six forty. Wow. Yeah. Experience been cool so far. It has been cool. It's just it's been every, it's a lot, lot, right? A lot to soak in. Yeah, I got that. All right. So you know, first off, I. Tech, what? How did how did you end up at Texas Tech? I know you went to Texas A and M originally, transferred. Kind of give us the shakedown on what happened there. You know, I felt like A and M wasn't for me. Got in the transfer portal uh, right before COVID hit. Built a relationship with you know Paul ran off the D line coach and you know Coach Wells and kept kept going out through all all the COVID to summer. And I you know relationships were a big thing at my second school, so sure. you know I had to be patient with the process and you know I built great relationships. Went there and. You know, they developed me. Coach McGuire came in after, you know, that staff sadly got fired and, you know, took it to another level. Yeah. When did you when did you have a feel like, okay, when did you go to that another level where you were like, oh, wait, I got a chance to be like, you know, we always wanted to ask these, ask you guys this, like, I got a chance to be a first-rounder or a big-time player. Like, when did, when did that kind of pop in your mind? You know, I always, I always knew I could, you know, be a, a good football player. But, you know, I, that next level, I felt like I took, you know, the end of last year. End uh, of last when, year. When I saw I could be dominant and, you know, stop the run and, you know, affect the pass. Sure, sure. And then I just, you know, took that momentum and took it into this year. And, you know, I'm continuing to build on that. Yeah, you built on it all right. I see you were born in a place I've always wanted to visit, Anchorage, Alaska. How long did you live there? You know, I lived there two years. I was very young. I, you know, moved to Texas in 2002. Uh, but I, I still have family there, and, I, you know, I go back and visit. Have you been there when it's, like, not – nighttime at all like in the summertime when yes that's it, it, you know i only go in the summertime not really that's why there's no yeah what is it like an hour of darkness two hours I mean, of darkness it, the sunlight goes down a little bit but it's not all the way down and right it's, it's just nice you know you can always go outside and 
feel like it's you know morning time. You don't have any problems sleeping in that or anything. No, you gotta you gotta cover the window so yeah, you just can just black, black it out, black it out. Um, all right, so but like I, I want to I mean first off, I I knew you were gonna be big, but damn your arms! Everybody told me about your arms. First off, they're thick as hell, and then the length. I mean, what are we talking about lengthwise here? As far as I say, I say my arms are over thirty-five inches. They're thirty-five inches, yes. which is just gonna NFL teams are gonna absolutely love. Yes. I mean, that's usually the measurables of a guy like that pick number one. Number one pick, an important thing for you? No, it's not. You know, just getting to a team, and you know, regardless, you know, you of the of the program, you just want to help develop that and get to that end goal, which, which is the Super Bowl. Yeah. Who in the NFL now do you try to maybe emulate or pattern yourself after? You know, it's a lot of great pass rushers in the league, uh, but, you know, Miles Garrett is doing that at a really high level, and, you know, he tries to get double teamed a lot. Um, J.J. Watt, who's retired now, you know, he's he's a versatile player, that which I see myself, you know, be able to play inside and outside and be able to affect the quarterback and the run in and out. And also, you know, Von Miller because, you know, he's a vet and he's – Great on the great. Yeah, on great the on the edge. Right, yes. right. Well, so, uh, what, like, one area of your game that you're going, you know, I, I think i got to improve this. I mean, we know you're the man and you got it all, but, like, you know, you're going to the NFL. What's that one spot you look at to go, i got to get a little better at this, you know, in the you meantime? Know, the, the one spot, I, you know, I think I should, you know, can improve on yeah. and will improve on is, you know, playing with, playing with the length I got, playing with the arms and, you know, locking people out and just being, you, you know. Knowing how to use your yeah. hands and arms better. Yes. And then what, what do you do? Like, explain to the people, like, kind of what you do in the process. You're getting into, like, hand-to-hand combat type of stuff I now? Mean, yes, and you got a, you got a lot of pass rush, pass rush teachers, you know, right. that are, you know, successful and can be able to take that game to the next level. Right. And where you want it to be. Yeah. Not working out this week, foot still recovering. How's all that coming along? You know, along? Foot, foot's, foot's healthy. You know, I could run if I wanted to. Um, but, you know, I want to be – I'm a competitive, and I want, you know, I want the best numbers. So – I think I'm going to do everything at Pro Day. Yeah, wait it out. I mean, make sure you're 100%. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but, you know, I, I know you're kind of a freak of nature here. What, what, what do you think, like, 40-wise? Like, you know, if I, you know, yeah. a lot of people say 4-8. Four, four, That's, you know, I'm way faster than 4-8. I know you I, are. I, I know could, you are. You know, 4-5, four, 4-6. Four, you're looking for uh, that kind of number. Vertical, you know, 35, 36. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, broad jump, about 10, and. Shuttle, I, you know, I don't, I don't know those numbers. Yeah, right. What about bench with those long ass arms you got? You know, I plan on getting twenty-seven to twenty-eight. Ooh, that'd be big time with that, those things right there. All right, I like it. I like, it. I like it. you're putting yourself out there, even though you're not working out. I, I, I really respect that. I really do. Who's the guy when you are suited up in an NFL uniform, you're standing out there on the field, and you see him out there, you're gonna say, "Oh my God, I can't believe I'm on the same." You know, field you, as this you guy. see, you know, playing defensive line, you know, you look at the tackles playing the edge, and you know, I. Another fellow East Texas dude is uh, Trent Williams. And, you yeah. know, be able to go against him and, you know, him being from East Texas and being a legend, you know, that would be one And a one Sooner. Dude. Yes. You got to get him. Got to. Um, um, damn, I forgot what I was going to – oh, this is what I'm going to ask you. I mean, are you, like, buddies with Patrick Mahomes or what? <laughs> like, what no, the hell? Damn, I mean, you're big He follows time. you on Twitter. Yeah, doesn't follow me on Twitter. <laughs> follows I mean, you on Twitter. No, me and, you know, Pat's from East Texas also. Right. Uh, with Texas Tech. You know, it's just – you know, I got to get to be able to, you know, know him. I haven't, haven't been able to, like, you know, actually sit down and, you, you know, never, talk. You, have you met him yet? Yes, I, I met, you know, met him multiple times. But didn't get to hang out and Just, talk to him yet. Yes. But, yeah. you know, I plan on doing that in the future. Right. One cool. thing he's never done is changed. In all the years in the NFL, the success, the fame, the money, he's still the same kid that he was when we talked to him 
six years ago, and that's a testament to him. And it's and it's uh, I think he probably influences his teammates to be the same way. Would you rather? be his teammate at the NFL level or would you rather be chasing him around when he's doing all that crazy stuff trying to sack him? You know, that's a hard question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like, you know, he's a great teammate. I feel like, I, you know. Like him like, in a Super Bowl, huh? I feel like he would, going against him every day in practice would take my game to another level. There so, you, you know, I'll probably be his teammate. Can't, can't sack Good him angle. in practice, though. Yeah. Can't I mean, touch him when you get in trouble. You know, you can, He'll you feel your him. presence. He'll feel my presence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Him being a mobile quarterback and being a great quarterback, I feel like I could take my game to another level. What, what a, you know, off of what he kind of said there, like college, who's the best player you played against? Or, you know, it doesn't even have to be a tackle. Who was a guy that kind of just jumped out to you in your years where you just went, oh, my gosh, I couldn't. I couldn't you get know, over how good that guy was. You know, you know B. John, B. John Robinson was. Ah, uh, yeah. Hook of horns. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> leave the horns out of it, but he, he, he was a solid running back for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the, explain? I haven't seen him in person or anything yet. Explain, you know, what he is as a player. I mean, he's a, he's a good running back. Has you know great body balance. Uh, he can catch the ball uh, out the backfield, down the field, and he's an explosive back. Can get. Through the outside or through the middle. Yeah. Was he bigger than he thought he was? He thought he was going to be. I haven't seen him in person yet, so I haven't got the size. No, I mean, of he up. wasn't bigger than what I thought he'd be. He's, yeah. You know, he's solid back for sure. Yeah. Which of your game tapes do you think best shows what you can do at the next level? I would say uh, NC State or TCU, just being dominant. Uh, you know, just affecting the game, run, run our pass. Like well, that's what I want to do at the next level. Other side of the coin, is there any game tape out there that you just you don't, don't look at that one? That's really not who I am. I mean, there's some, there's some games you play bad on, but it's not just bad enough where I don't don't yeah. want you to turn on the tape. Yeah, yeah. Well, we all we all have those those yeah. games. There's no doubt about it. All right. So you feel? I mean, we know you're a, a pass rusher, DN. If you got drafted by like a three four team, played outside linebacker, you, you think you could do some of that as well? Yes. You know, I I'm comfortable. You know, standing up and dropping the coverage. Yeah. And, and also, you know, having my hand on the ground and. Playing inside or outside. Who was your team growing up? Who was my team in the yeah, NFL? Like, yeah, like who'd you root for? You know, my family. My family loved the Cowboys, but I, you know, I was I was a big Saints guy. Okay. Love the Saints. Wow, how'd that happen? You know, I love you know Drew Brees and right. Alvin Kamara and all, all those guys. So that, that was your squad. Yeah. Okay. All right. Got to enjoy Super Bowl win, unlike the Cowboys. Yeah. So yeah. you've been you're yeah, able you to stick that, that in their face a little bit. <laughs> yep. Do you have like I, and and I know that you guys are conditioned to say, hey, whoever takes me takes me. I go where I go. But are you, do you have a short list of where you're kind of secretly hoping you end up? No, I mean, I haven't. Yeah, you I, do. I, I can tell by looking at your a, face. That was yeah, a smile. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah I do, yeah. but I'm going to say the right thing here. No, I, you know, I don't. I just hope it's a great organization, which which they all are. And you know, no, 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 no. You're 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 all yeah. when they're young and naive. <laughs> they're not all great organizations. I mean, I feel I feel like the ones that you know. I could Matt, go to our, yeah, yeah. you know, great organizations. And, well, you make uh, them greater. How about that? I will, yeah. for sure. You, you've heard a comp, like, you know, as far as, like, people, you know, the scouts like to compare you to, like, there's one to you that has made sense so far? No, you yeah. know, I feel like they haven't really compared me because I'm, I'm different than you, a lot of players. Yeah, yeah. All right. I like it. I like your swag, man. Yes. All right, not bad for a Texas Tech Red Raider. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you were still playing so he could sack you. I wish I was. There's 20 bucks in it if you just take him out. He <laughs> fell off the stage at the I'll Super Bowl. Just knock him off. Do it for fall. Okay, I got more. I got more. We can negotiate off air. Tyree, we wish you all the best. Thanks so much for some of your time. Enjoy the scouting combine experience and all the best in the NFL. We can't wait to see you playing at the next level. Yeah. Good luck. There he is. Tyree Wilson. All right. Thank you, buddy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. 
From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.